Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. America is back. America is back. Build back better. Fully paid for. Big government socialism. Surge in consumer prices. Biggest increase in 31 years. We understand the frustration that Americans feel. The rising cost of inflation. COVID, school, jobs, cost of a gallon of gasoline. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Lots to talk about. News and Views for a Wednesday. Uh, This Kyle Rittenhouse trial up in Wisconsin. Uh, What's interesting is this is about 50, 60 miles from Chicago. And there was an internal memo circulated to officers in the Chicago Police Department. Again, a good hour away from where the trial is taking place. They're basically saying, no time off. And uh, if you if you plan to take time off, cancel your plans because everybody, everybody is going to report for work. And didn't come out. The memo didn't come out and said this is related to Kyle Rittenhouse. But the insinuation is pretty strong as this case for the prosecution is the wheels have fallen off. It is uh, it is bizarre, even to the point that earlier today, the judge scolded the prosecution for how they're conducting this trial. And uh, the, the, the wheels really fell off the case on Monday when the prosecution's star witness Went out on a limb. This is cut one, Clark. Went out on a limb. I mean, this this is, Benny and I were just talking before the program. How is this question asked by the defense and the prosecution hasn't already taken this witness through this line of questioning before he got on the stand? This This is how it went down on Monday. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. So, <laughs> that, that, that pretty much winds up the case right that, there. That sounds like self-defense. Um, yeah. I mean, within a 15-second soundbite, you've got why Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be found not guilty. Uh, interestingly, he took the stand today. Yeah, that To me, that was shocking. I did not expect that. Well, the only thing I can figure out, we were talking about this again before we went on the air, they must feel like they have sewn this thing up. Uh, although the, the flip side of that question, that, that story is, if you've got it sewn up, why would you take this chance? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I've got to think they think that this is a slam dunk, and this guy is really sharp, and let's go ahead and put him on the stand. But the prosecution is going to go after him big time. And again, though, but it, it was in that context that the judge got a little irritated at some of the questions from the prosecution and uh, really s- slapped the wrist of the prosecution. I actually got a chance to listen to a little of his testimony early on, and they had to take a break. Uh, I mean, he just, I mean, he just lost it in Kyle Rittenhouse and just really started sobbing when he started asking, you know, about the events that night, and he just got completely emotional, and I mean, he just had to stop and take a recess. Hmm. So, you know, and it's from what I was listening to, I mean, it was uh, if you're sitting in the courtroom, 
I mean, it was not rehearsed. It was not fake or anything. I mean, it's a, he's really a kid. It's yeah, a kid he is. That's, he a is. kid that's reliving the fact that, well, at the end of the day, whether it's self-defense or not, you took a life. I mean, I mean, that's, and, and listen, whether it's in war or what, are you defending yourself, and, and it's totally justified. The emo- I can't imagine the emotions. I, thankfully, I've never had to live through that situation. A lot of folks have where you take, you know, it could be an automobile accident in, in which you're not at fault. But when someone loses their life and you're involved in it, yeah, the, the emotions of that have got to be mind-boggling. But, you know, there's another aspect to this. And again, getting back to the Chicago Police Department saying, don't take any time off because they know that this verdict is going to come down. And by the way, I'm not an attorney. I, I'm not. Don't even pretend to be one. But as as an amateur, just observing this case, I don't see how Kyle Rittenhouse is not going to be found not guilty. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it. I just think he's going to be acquitted of these charges. But the mainstream media is not reporting the details of this. I no. mean, you've got to go mm-hmm. to some sort of conservative media outlet to find out what's really going on, or you've got to be following the trial and. You know, this is another case where we probably will have, I hope not, I hope I am wrong, but it would not surprise me at all if you don't have Black Lives Matter and Antifa who got Kyle Rittenhouse in this situation in the first place. And, and, you know, people say, okay, well, he shouldn't have been there anyway. Why was he even there? He shouldn't have been out there. Well, neither should the rioters have been out there. No. No, he he definitely shouldn't be. I mean, he was a kid. He shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been there. But the fact of the matter, he was. He was. And you have a right to defend yourself. But the problem, if we if we have this kind of if we have a verdict, which I'm fully expecting a not guilty verdict, it should not have gone to trial to begin with. Probably not. But if we have any violence, it is on the hands of the mainstream media because yes. they have fanned the flames of this. They called him a white supremacist. Yes. And. and <laughs> It's just amazing to me that they're not going to be held accountable for anything. Just like they're not held accountable. I mean, heck, the protest to begin with uh, was a result of the Jacob Blake shooting, of which Jacob Blake admittedly pulled a knife on a police officer, and a police officer shot him. It's because of the mainstream media's reckless reporting of that that you had this incident in the first place to occur. Thank you. It is malfeasance on the part of the mainstream media. And you know, if, you, if you come out and you tell a lie, that's not good. But if you squelch the truth, is there any difference between squelching the truth that exonerates someone versus telling a lie that tries to implicate, implicate someone? I, there's, not a, there's not really a difference there. A lie's a lie. A lie's a lie. And, and by their lack of candor, by their lack of truthfulness, the mainstream media, it might not be in this lifetime, but at some point on Judgment Day, they're going to have to answer for what they have done. Well, I, I can tell you, at the end of this trial, and I'm sure the defense attorneys for, for Kyle Rittenhouse, um, I, I mean, nothing's happening. I mean, he's got to get past this hurdle, this criminal trial, and, and if he's get a non-guilty verdict, there will be some civil lawsuits against Should be. MSNBC. Should be. And I, and I think some of these people are all of a sudden 
uh, being told, uh, let's don't talk about this a whole lot. Um, well, you know, you remember, what was the young man's name? Nicholas Sandman. Sandman. Nicholas Sandman. I couldn't mm-hmm. remember his first name. Who sued CNN, I think the Washington Post. and A slew of them, you know, yeah. yeah won, won a bunch of money. <laughs> Maybe that's why the mainstream media isn't reporting on <laughs> I it. I think that's why they're quiet <laughs> about it, because if, he, if we get a non-guilty verdict today, uh, I think the civil lawsuits are probably already been drafted. <laughs> well, I hope they, they they do because hey, that's a good way to put these people to shut these people up, put them out of business. Uh, how about some good news? I, I like this story. Um, Inflation's less than ten percent. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one of the stories. That's not in the good pile. Uh, no, the um, uh, North Carolina Senator Buck Newton, who you remember in uh was it three years ago ran for attorney general against josh stein was that been three years now um mm, anyway uh, he ran yeah. against josh stein for attorney general and he lost by less than one percent i think it was less than twenty five thousand votes across the entire state so that was a very close race i was really disappointed when buck i was more disappointed that uh buck newton lost to uh josh stein than i was that uh Dan Forrest didn't beat Roy Cooper. I, I, I just really th- think the world of Buck Newton. He's a great guy, and uh, he's got his head screwed on straight. Uh, he has, uh, in an in a, in a interview he did uh, with the Carolina Journal, talking about getting back into public service, running for the newly drawn North Carolina Senate District 11, which, um, I'm sorry, he won Senate District 11 in 2010. Well, I'm not sure what the new district uh, number is. Uh, Senate, Senate District 4 is the new one, which includes Wilson County, his home county, Wayne and Greene County. And again, kudos. We talked about this last week, but kudos to the folks that drew up the districts, the North Carolina legislature. Uh, they didn't split a lot of the counties. And I think those are whole counties that Buck Newton could run in. And uh, the current Democrat Senator Toby Finch is also from Wilson County. He is the incumbent from that district, but I think uh, Buck would make a great uh, candidate in that race. The only thing I will complain about, it's not a complaint, I'd love to see him run for that, but I would really, really love to see him run for attorney general again. I think the people are just sick and tired of the games that uh, Josh Stein and Roy Cooper are playing, which, by the way, includes a controversial environmental program that is controlled by is being currently controlled by the attorney general josh stein now uh this story goes back to july of 2000 21 years ago when then attorney general mike easley reached an agreement with hog plant giant smithfield foods and all the folks under their umbrella in this agreement it was a commitment to provide up to $2 million a year for 25 years for envi- environmental enhancement activities. How these Democrats get away with malfeasance, again, I'll use that mm-hmm. word again, malfeasance, how, how they have managed to circle around, and as Obama would say, I've got my my phone and my pen, and I'm going to bypass Congress. Well, Josh Stein and the Attorney General's office has bypassed the North Carolina legislature. Mm -hmm. Again, he bypassed the legislature when it came to voting laws, and now he is doing that with these funds 
that should be dispersed by the legislature. And the Supreme Court has ruled. At, well, let me, let, me, let me clarify that. The Court of Appeals, the North Carolina Court of Appeals, has ruled that, look, financing like this, the, the dis, dis, um, distributing of funds, is up to the state legislature. And again, we're going through this right now with another liberal judge mm-hmm. as it relates to uh, the Lorandro case and uh, distri- distributing money for schools. It, it is... I mean, the Constitution is clear on it. The The General Assembly controls the purse strings in North Carolina. If you don't like that, you can disagree with that. If you don't like it, get the Constitution changed. Yeah. But... Yeah, but Judge uh, Attorney General Josh Stein was just in Uber yesterday, uh, paying out some of the money from this fund. It's a slush fund. It's for a Josh slush Stein. fund. It's what what I call it is is his future governor fund. Yeah. He's, he's getting future governor points, going out writing checks, paying off people, yeah. paying off people, and yeah. that's that's all it is. Yep. Um, and you know what the Supreme Court in North Carolina, I think, ruled on that like six to one course that democrat controls supreme court that every vote that they did was just protected democrats yeah that was just a couple of years back yeah um yeah well in april of 2020 the supreme court ruled six to one that attorney general josh stein could continue to use the money for his environmental enhancement of course it is full, full of full of democrats democrats that i mean every issue they voted on basically was pure partisan i mean that that's why it's important for um very important. In fact, Jim Perry, when we had him on the show uh, earlier this week or last week, said how important the judicial races are in North Carolina. You know, if if we don't have a Supreme Court in North Carolina that don't uh, pay attention to laws and uphold the Constitution, then, hey, regardless of how hard we work, uh, what's, what's going to happen? So maybe uh, now, now it's controlled by um, our friend that won the Chief Justice uh, – Oh, Paul Newby. Paul Newby, yeah, right. Paul Newby. Yeah, so. isn't it interesting that Paul Newby was the only one that voted against Josh Stein being able to hand out these goodies? And he was on the minority on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is now the, the head honcho over the Supreme Court. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Paul Skip Stam, who was a former North Carolina House Republican leader, he is, uh, he is on the— um, prosecuting oh, no, that's not the right word what am i looking for he he is he is uh on the side uh, against uh josh stein mm-hmm. he is on the side of the legislature mm-hmm. saying that josh stein does not have this plaintiff this the, the plaintiffs mm-hmm. they do not have this option uh he says since we filed our brief it's now six million dollars that's how much money is in the in the fund since they filed the brief now the money's been going in there since um 2001 but minus $1.2 million that the Attorney General has somehow extracted from the Treasury by inexpressible um, mechanism. They don't know how he got it. He said, you know, getting, getting a key to take money out of the Office of State Budget, Budget and Management is like getting the key to Fort Knox. But Paul Skip Stam is, is saying, I, I don't know how he got the key. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. And it needs to be stopped. Quite frankly, uh, the money needs to be returned. And the North Carolina legislature ought to be the ones that decide 
who is going to have this money distributed. There's no way you can view it other than a slush fund. I mean, it was basically a settlement in regards to a civil penalty, uh, as I recall. So what is that? That is that is due to in North Carolina that that is goes to public schools if I'm if I'm correct on that. But uh, uh, it certainly doesn't go to a slush fund for an attorney general. It does not. Thank you. It was um, what Judge John Tyson wrote. The statute clearly uh, mandates that these are public funds. They belong to the taxpayer of the state and they're required to be deposited into the state treasury. North Carolina courts have not permitted members of the executive branch to exercise unbridled appropriation or expenditure of unbudgeted public funds. All funds due or held under the agreement must be paid and deposited into the state treasury rather than to a private bank account under the exclusive control and direction of the attorney general, Tyson wrote. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, the fundamental question, uh, whose name is the bank account in? Hey, that, that's a great Who, question. Who's signing the checks? Well, apparently Josh Stein. Apparently he's got $6 million in his account and just doles it out as he wishes. Again, malfeasance, big time. Somebody needs to hold these people accountable. Uh, I, I think this is the beginning of anarchy. I mean, not the beginning. We're well into it. This is anarchy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 25 minutes past the top of the hour. Taking a look at your weather forecast for tonight. Mostly clear, row around 47. Uh, tomorrow's Veterans Day, and uh, you're going to start out your day with some morning fog. Otherwise, sunshine, a high near 73. So another pretty day on Veterans Day. Tomorrow night, the chance of rain starts up and uh actually 70 percent chance of rain on thursday night and uh, friday showers in the morning then the sun partly sunny later in the day with again a high in the 70s so all in all not too bad and before i forget tomorrow's veterans day today is the birthday of the united states marine corps that's right 246 that's right. years so for all my marine buddies out there semper fine semper fine some of them listen so uh Thank Happy you. birthday, Marines. Yeah, thank you for your service. Tomorrow's trivia question, Veterans Day. That's your category. So that's the only hint I'm going to give you today. Uh, WNCT is reporting the Onslow County School Board last night voted unanimously to make masks optional for staff and students starting next Monday. I had one mom send me a text if we could only do that here in Pitt County. Mm. The board held its session Tuesday night to a packed house, anxious to learn if masks would be required to be worn another month by students and staff. There was an open period of discussion from the audience before the board gave its input, leading to the vote, quote, I'm just here to speak in favor of relaxing the COVID-19 protocols, specifically the removing of mask mandates in the schools, Removing the mandate does not remove the ability to wear one. It just removes the requirements, said Onslow County parent Matt Gordon. We went from 476 positive cases to 36 positive cases for students out of a population of 27,000, Onslow County School Board member Jeff Hudson said. That tells me it's time to make masks optional, and they voted to do that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, by the way, up in Richmond, Virginia, that school board voted 63 on Monday to reverse course on vaccination mandates for teachers and staff, blocking their superintendent, Jason Karmas, from his plan to fire teachers who fail to comply with withholding their by withholding their pay. Um, 
you know, there is uh, getting to be quite a bit of pushback on uh, all of this. Parents are saying, especially as it relates to their kids. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see the picture of Maxine Waters? She was at a wedding over the weekend, uh, packed, shoulder to shoulder, packed, and she's in the middle of everybody. Nobody had a mask on. Uh, and well, she's part of the Lords, not the serfs. That's right. That's right. But, you so. know, lo- locally here uh, in the adjacent county, Lenore County, uh, you know, they have mandatory masks. The, the vote has is followed uh, party lines, partisan lines the entire time. And the most hypocritical thing, the last meeting I was watching, and the guys that are voting uh, not to allow it to be uh, optional, aren't wearing masks uh, and they're like (laughs) in their 60s some of them older um and i think little kids are probably a seven-year-old you know doesn't need to wear a mask all day if you think it's okay for you guys to be sitting shoulder to shoulder and all of you are over 65 and a seven-year-old would recognize immediately the hypocrisy you you know it, it it doesn't take a genius to recognize hypocritical behavior and that's exactly what it was. The Epic Times is reporting federal workers who have recovered from COVID have filed a class action lawsuit against Anthony Fauci and the head of the CDC and other government officials over the COVID-19, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine mandate that still forces them to get the jab. Now, this is related to, wait a minute, uh, I understand you want us to have immunity. I've got immunity. I've had COVID. I have natural immunity. Why aren't you allowing that to count? So they're suing on that basis. I can't imagine that they wouldn't win this. Now, I don't know if it would get to the Supreme Court, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. But again, this is a perfectly reasonable alternative to getting the vaccine. I mean, you got three alternatives. You got you can I mean, you can ignore it. That's another alternative. You can be tested which is a pain in the nose uh, or you can say, literally <laughs> or or you can say I've I've had covid I I'm you know why why aren't you counting that I think they would win this lawsuit and again another piece of common sense and uh, yet the uh, those in charge want to just ignore common sense the authoritarians want to just force Force Americans do what we say. Oh, it's all about control and authoritarianism. But, but I mean, what? Okay, you got your vaccine card, you got a stamp, two stamps if you've had you know two jabs, and you got someone's signature that you can't read. How is that any better evidence than somebody going to get a antibodies test showing that you have yeah. antibodies? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I to me, it would be a slam dunk case. But uh, it depends what judge they get in front yeah. of. Yeah. Again, we talked about it, uh, well, maybe yesterday. Um, Why all of a sudden the flip-flop of, no, we can't mandate that in America, to you're firing people? Yeah. It's just it's crazy. I think it's control. It's purely control. The rate of new COVID cases in California, which, by the way, their governor, we don't know where he is. He's still missing in action after he got his uh, He's a pilot. (laughs) <laughs> He's still doing the Halloween, Halloween time, I guess. The COVID cases in California is currently more than twice the rate in Florida. 
Now, you know, what is different about the, well, for one thing, in California, you have incredible mandates, including for kids. The big difference, though, is in Florida, Governor DeSantis has had success with launching his monoclonal antibody treatment sites throughout the state. That's the big difference. In California, is it even available? No, I don't think so. And, and even in North Carolina, um, I, I, I know of too many people that have gone to the hospital, and I'm not going to say what hospitals, but hospitals in eastern North Carolina. And when the, they have been asked if they're vaccinated, and when they say no, they say, well, going home, we can't do anything else for you. Now, what the heck does being vaccinated or not vaccinated have to do with, you know, I, I, I th- at the end of the day, when we look back on this and there's some research hmm. done and there's some studies done, people have died unnecessarily huh? over this. I, I, I just I'm convinced of it. California is averaging 16 new cases per 100,000 residents in Florida, seven per cases. So it's less than 50 percent. Uh, more than more than double in California compared to Florida. And again, you you look at the demographics. Florida probably has a more elderly population. Um, you know, there, there's there's some cold places in Northern California. My hunch is Northern California. This isn't as big as issue as in Southern California. But um, you know, we hear uh, all the rhetoric about how. You know, Joe Biden gets up there and says, please go get vaccinated. We can't afford to lose you. We want to do this to save your life, blah, 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 blah. And yet when it comes to alternative treatments like the monoclonal antibody treatments, no, no. If you're if you're in a state that's controlled by a Democratic governor, chances of you having this as an alternative uh, slim to none. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the drive-by media, mainstream media, uh, all summer just raked – Governor DeSantis over the coals for the numbers in Florida, um, yeah. j- just purely because they think he's a presidential candidate. No other reason. They think he's going to run for president. And now all these successes in Florida, the success he's had in saving lives, setting up these uh, antibodies clinics, they're silent of it. Don't don't talk about it. Right. Again. And the numbers are there for him to talk about. They just quit talking about it. Right. It doesn't fit their narrative. I mean, you talk, Donald Trump was so right when he started the term fake news. I mean, we haven't heard that a lot since uh, he's out of office, but he, he is absolutely correct. It is fake news. When you don't report the news or you decide what you're going to report on and what you're not going to report on, you know, that, that belongs in the editorial page. It doesn't belong on the front page, but they continue. Yeah, not that we would ever express editorials here, but... <laughs> I mean, this is an editorial program exactly. from start to finish. We, we take a news story and we editorialize on it. And that's what you ought to be doing on the editorial page. But no, not so much. That's why we call it news and views. Maybe we should call it views and news because the views are a little stronger B- than Big news. Big V, little N, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, have you heard about this story? Well, I know you have because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when it first broke. Like the situation up in Loudoun County, Virginia, where that ninth grade girl was raped in the bathroom. Oh, is this the one in Charlotte? This is the one in Charlotte, which is now finally making national news. And there's actually a a little bit of a ray of sunshine to the story. Um, I don't want to dance on somebody else's grave, but uh, there's an unnamed high school girl in Charlotte who at the beginning of the school year was sexually assaulted 
by a young man. Now, this guy didn't claim to be transgender. He was um, heterosexual, and uh, he assaulted this girl, putting his hands where they shouldn't have been. As a result, if you remember the story, this girl reported it, and she was suspended. Now, we talked about this because Mm -hmm. we mentioned the fact that the, wait a minute, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department, Sheriff's Department, investigated and arrested the kid that did this. But the principal and the vice principal, high school principal Diane Weston and assistant principal Nina Adams, said, well, we have no proof of this. And so since you reported this, we're going to have to suspend you. Um, The mom was incensed. She took it to WBTV. They reported on it. The pushback has been uh, very strong in favor of the girl and her mom. And as the good news, this happened at the Hawthorne High School. The principal, Diane Weston, and the assistant principal, Nina Adams, have been suspended without pay. Um, you know, usually they get suspended on these things, and uh, I'm sorry, I, I, let me let me back that up. No, no, it is with pay they've been suspended. I, for a second there, I, was, I, I misread that. I was thinking, oh, good, because they usually get with pay. Yeah, so <laughs> you they, were just got, warning warning yeah, them to they, be suspended without pay. <laughs> they, they, they've got a uh, they've got a paid vacation, I, and unfortunately, it's the truth. What happens in in these situations is they're, they're suspended with pay. So they get two weeks off, mm-hmm. come back, and that's it. Oh, oh, yeah, we punished them. We gave them two weeks off with pay. Um, nonetheless, I- at least there's an acknowledgement that what this girl went through did happen. Uh, they, need to, they need to have a – look, bottom line, they need to take these people's pay and give it to the girl's family. Absolutely. Now, that might actually uh, wake some people up. Uh, but by the way, this is not the first time this has happened. There was another girl a couple of years ago. Same thing happened. She had to sign a non-disclosure statement saying that she would not talk about it until after she she could talk about it after she graduated. Are they that worried uh, that if this gets out, people will not trust the school system? <laughs> I think. I think that uh, ship has already sailed. I don't think they yeah. trust the school systems. But, you know, to your point about they get basically a paid two-week vacation, I, I know what will happen. Well, they've had their noted in their personnel file. You know, it's like the military. When you do something like that, yank a stripe off that sleeve. Yeah. You know, you're no longer a principal. you gotta you got to start over. Yeah. And, and your pay is going to be docked. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, they're docking people's pay because they're not getting vaccinated. And this kind of thing, oh, we'll give you paid leave. I, I just can't believe that the school system, school superintendent, couldn't didn't step in before and say, whoa, whoa wait a minute. If Charlotte Mecklenburg police have filed charges, uh, don't you think it's a little premature for us to say the investigation's over and we're, and we're uh, suspending somebody for a false accusation? I mean, that's just – how could they do that? I just – well, the public outcry has been so strong that the superintendent of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system did release this statement, not exactly an apology, but he said, As a parent, I understand the concerns many families are sharing about news coverage of incidents of misconduct. 
It is difficult for me not to give in to the parental instinct of providing information to help others gain a better understanding of situations, which many times prove more complex than the news reports might lead one to conclude. As the leader of the district, I am bound by law not to disclose confidential information about such matters as individual student discipline or ongoing police investigations. In other words, just shut up and mind your own business. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And if he gets reprimanded, they'll he'll he'll get a job at the Department of Public Instruction and one of those cushy jobs up there where you get paid overpaid and to tote coffee to each other all day. Do nothing. Yep. Yeah, there's plenty of it. We got to take another time out. Stay with us when we get back. Donald Trump is letting those senators and members of Congress who voted with the Democrats on the Biden's budget bankruptcy bill. Uh, he, he let him have it last night. We'll talk about that when we get back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Welcome back in. Tom, Benny, and Clark. And uh, President Trump last night held nothing back criticizing Republican lawmakers who joined Democrats who helped pass the infrastructure bill last week, saying they ought to be ashamed of themselves. During his speech at the National Republican Congressional Committee dinner, I said last night, it was Monday night, Trump called out the 13 House members who supported the $1.2 trillion package, which it would not have passed had, it, had those 13 voted with Republicans instead of Democrats. He said, I love all House Republicans. Well, actually, I don't love all of you. I don't love the 13 who voted for Biden's infrastructure plan. Representative, well, I'm not going to read them all, but one of the representatives of the 13 was actually in attendance, Nicole Maliotakis of New York. And uh, apparently Maliotakis said, uh, well, let me put it this way. She was visibly shaken. It was apparent that, um, you know, that she was not feeling comfortable Malatokas has argued the infrastructure bill was incredibly good for the district she represents. Goodies. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, you are a prostitute for what, you know, okay, the money's not coming to you directly, although indirectly it'll mean votes for you, right? Yep. Uh, And you, you, you know this is terrible legislation, but since you, as Benny says, you got some goodies... You're willing to set aside your convictions, what you think is morally right, what is the long-term good for our liberties, for our nation, and you're a prostitute. There's other words I could use that are a little bit more graphic. I won't. But shame on you. You know what is the right thing to do, and you didn't do it. And listen, if we're going to get our nation back, there needs to be a commitment. I'm going to say no to these payoffs. Shame, and uh, be honest with you, Kevin McCarthy should have had a speech like this to these people saying, wait a minute, I know some of you are going to get goodies in your district, but think of what you're doing to the nation. Don't sell your soul for a little passing 
piece of legislation. And bottom line is, if the Democrats could take it away from those districts that the Republicans are in, they would do that too. Oh, absolutely. And to Nicole, what Maliotakis from New York, right? Uh, Fred Upton from Michigan, and yeah. then it was Don Bacon from ne- Nebraska that's been pushing back on this. I just asked him just one simple question. Do you think that Nancy Pelosi gives a damn about New York, Michigan, nope. or Nebraska? Nope. They put these goodies in here for you to make you— It's a payoff. It's a payoff. It's a payoff, and you, like you said, you just said the heck with principles, the heck with what's right. It's bad legislation. It's bad budgetary issues, but you don't care because you're getting—you'll be able to go back to your district and say, look what I got you. It's pathetic. Yep. Donald Trump's right about this. Oh, well, he's usually right about most things, huh? New inflation numbers for October came out. They're not good. The erosion of purchasing power is especially concerning given the wages are discre- uh, decreasing. Real average hourly earnings for all employees decreased by 0.5% from September to October. Real average weekly earnings decreased by 0.9% over the month. And hours worked in the average work week decreased by three, uh, 0.3% in the past year. Since October 2020, real average hourly earnings decreased 1.2%. Americans for Tax Reform states people are working less and are earning less while inflation surges, meaning the purchasing power is being eroded. Joe Biden responded to the numbers by, <laughs> oh, this guy's a clown. This, this is what he said. Quote, on inflation, today's report shows an increase over last month. Inflation hurts Americans' pocketbooks, and reversing this trend is a top priority for me. (laughs) I want to reemphasize my commitment to the independence of the Federal Reserve to monitor inflation and take steps necessary to combat it. Price increases reflect the ongoing struggle to restore smooth operations in the economy in the restart. I am traveling to Baltimore today to highlight how my infrastructure bill will bring down these costs, reduce these bottlenecks, and make goods more available and less costly. Going forward, it's important that Congress pass my Build Back Better plan. (laughs) Uh, You know, now, uh, I obviously made this statement as it relates to inflation prior to when he went to Baltimore and prior to when these numbers came out. But... This guy is totally clueless. He, I mean, he is still maintaining by spending more money and printing more money and having more giveaway programs, we're going to reduce inflation. You know, this is a guy that's been on a government teat for 50 years, 50-plus yep. years. Yep. And, and to my progressive friends, I talked to one a week or so ago, <laughs> you know, bragging about the 401K balances and what it's doing under Joe Biden. Uh, well, guess what? Yeah, it's going up, but that 401k is really getting to be more like a 301k. And if inflation keeps going, it's going to be a 201k. I mean, it's you're losing purchasing power. What did Elon Elon Musk came out with a statement over the last 24 hours talking about how these people have never had to meet a payroll, they've never had a real job. He's right. He's right. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't hear that, but Musk, Musk, he's really. um, Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if see he didn't run for something. Get in politics. We got to take it to the timeout. Stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. First thing you should do after work. I turn on the radio. Check in with Tom and Benny. Got to know what's happening in my city. What's going on in my backyard. 
things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. Don't hear everywhere else. For the local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff, you know. It let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news sources. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So we're talking about the inflation numbers. There was some pushback by Joe Manchin to Joe Biden. Manchin tweeted, by all accounts, the threat posted by record inflation to the American people is not transitory. It is instead getting worse from the grocery store to the gas pump. Americans know inflation tax is the real tax, and D.C. can no longer ignore the economic pain Americans feel every day. So Joe Manchin is pushing back, but he's not alone. There is now pushback from some 11 Democratic U.S. senators, including Ed Markley and Elizabeth Warren, Chris Van Hollen of Maryland, uh, Janine Sheehan, um, Blumenthal, Sherrod Brown, all all your ultra libs have now sent a letter to Joe Biden demanding that he do something to bring down the cost of gasoline. (laughs) And now they're saying we need to release the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and ban and a ban on crude oil exports. Um, Well, first of all, are we exporting any crude oil? I I doubt if we are, because I would think we'd be burning it all up right here. But the idea of uh, releasing gasoline from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, that's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you, might, you might bring it down for two weeks, and once all that's burned up, it's going to go shooting right back up again. But you can't have it both ways. I mean, these same people are all for Joe Biden and Barack Obama going over to this climate global summit in Scotland and condemning the United States and saying we should pay for all the green energy that we need to absorb. Uh, And and they want to shut down the oil industry. They want to cripple Americans. But yet when it comes time that they look at the poll numbers and they say, because a bunch of these people that signed this letter are up for re-election in 2022, and they're thinking, my fanny's on the line. I ain't going down for this guy. And, you know, what do they do? They quickly say, hey, we gotta, we got to make sure that the cost of gasoline comes down. Suddenly, climate—and uh, by the way, these same people are saying the world will come to an end. The oceans will rise. We'll all drown if we don't do away with fossil fuels. But as soon as they realize, I might not be reelected, they're signing one to this letter saying, hey, Cousin Eddie, do something about the cost of gasoline. Well, it's, you know, the knucklehead John Kerry talked about— that the United States was going to be completely green in 2035. That, that is so laughable. It, it can't happen. But, hey, we'll just freeze this winter and people, poor people will pay at the pump and pay to get their houses heated. And, yeah. hey, maybe, yeah. maybe, just, maybe they'll see it then. Hey, listen, we got to run for this Wednesday. Join us again tomorrow. We'll play political trivia. Lots more to talk about. Have a great night. See you tomorrow at 5. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.